0: Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us.com. Joining me today is Chris. Hello. TJ. Yerp. Got myself a brand. Yep. My name is David, and uh, today we are doing a very special talk of fame submission. I'm going to try to get one in there. (laughs) I've been shut down each time. Um, But uh, like we said on last week's podcast, the homework assignment was uh, Beetlejuice. 1988 Directorial Achievement from Tim Burton, starring uh, starring Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder, and featuring some Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara as <clears throat> well. Catherine O'Hara as well. Glenn Shaddix. Jeffrey Jones. Je- Jeffrey Jones. <sighs> Jeffrey Jones. <sighs> we don't talk about Jeffrey Jones. Well, he's acting again. Well, he's arrested for child pornography. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, wait, he really? Played, he played No Contest. Okay, he served, <laughs> okay it's good. He served his sentence. If you believe in the justice system, you kind of got to let it go. Okay, fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. fair.
0: Uh, but what we do for this is we take a movie through the gauntlet to see if it is worthy of being considered an all-time, uh, all-time representative for our talk of fame. In the talk of fame right now is uh, Matrix, Stripes. I'm I'm trying to see, anything else voted in? Home Alone? Voted in. Hold yeah.
2: on. I think those are the three.
0: Those are the three that were voted in. And then uh, special induction classes were It's a Wonderful Life, Fargo. Pending Love, actually. It just hasn't been posted yet. Yeah. yeah. So, without further ado, we're going to run Beetlejuice through the gauntlet. I can talk about first. First thing we say is, uh, well, first, did everyone had a chance to uh, watch it this past week?
1: Yeah. 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 My first foray into Crackle. <laughs> Yeah, Um, The ads weren't bad if they would have loaded.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) I feel like the ads were trying to stream in at 4K, and the movie wasn't, because no problems with the movie stuttering, buffering, anything, but the ads, as soon as that fucking Toyota ad would start, where it was like a barbershop quartet, and I was like, I bet I would like this
2: ad if it played at normal speed and didn't take breaks. Yep, mine stuttered quite a bit during the ads.
0: I must have had the best crackle experience, because I was watching with some kind of ad blocker on my thing, where... I just watched it and didn't have any ads. They just, like, couldn't jump in. <laughs> wow. And it didn't stutter either. It was just, like, just kept playing.
2: I had to stop halfway through the movie and, and pick it up at another time. And so uh, on when I started watching it the second time, I, uh, I hit play, and it showed me, like, a, the two minutes of ads. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine, to get started. And then I swear it only showed like ten seconds of the movie before we hit scheduled ad break. I was like, "Son of a bitch! Come on, man! Just watched an ad." But uh, yeah, no, Crackle's always been like the worst of the services, but it's free, so you really can't complain. It's also on Sony servers, and Sony servers are notoriously slow, um,
1: and especially with like.
3: Well, they were—they were basically down all last week too, so. Oh. I started on a Crackle, I saw I got to the first ad, and I went and got the DVD and put it in. That's <laughs> the first DVD I've watched in a long time.
0: Gotcha. All right, so then, uh, first question we consider, uh, was it entertaining? Did you enjoy watching it? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, sure. It's, it's a, you know, it's very visual, and there's a lot, you know, it's a very bump, uh, bouncy movie, is what mm-hmm. I would call it. Sure. So, so, it's hard to not be entertained by it.
0: Um,
3: Highly entertaining movie,
0: yeah. in my opinion. I'm in that camp, too. Um, going further, did it elicit any kind of emotional response from you? I know there's a lot of bright, shiny colors. Anything uh, happened in your little bodies? <laughs> <laughs> I can say, TV. for for me, it made me feel, uh, for a movie with such a, like, dour production design, very, like, gothic and, like, uh, goth kid, mm-hmm. kind of uh, drawing on a notebook, it ends on such a uplifting note. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was feeling pretty pretty happy at the end of it, and I think it earns that. We can talk about that later if you want, but I was feeling pretty uh pretty jazzed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the.
2: Uh, you really do feel the love between uh, the married couple at the beginning, uh, Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. and Gina Davis. They just yeah. seem so sweet, like so happily married, and so I don't know. Felt happy at the beginning and happy at the very end, and mm-hmm. just sort of just. A bunch of things to watch in between. Mm -hmm. And nothing... I didn't really feel anything in between. But, again, though, I always say this. Like, I don't have to on every movie. Mm -hmm. Some movies are for that and some movies are not. And I think Beetlejuice is specifically not for, like, you know... I don't know. Leaving you, like, with any sort of strong emotion afterwards. At least for me.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I was, uh... I don't think the movie has some emotions to play with there with the family dynamic Mm -hmm. with one a writer and her kind of shitty parents Mm -hmm. in the beginning anyway when they're introduced. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I don't
0: know. Yeah, We can talk some more about that when uh, we get to themes. I didn't think there would be themes, but there was themes of plenty for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Did the movie surprise you at all? Any of you guys?
3: Hard to be surprised for a movie I've seen 15 times. Yeah. Honestly.
2: I had only seen it once, and it surprised me a little bit, but I'll get more into that later. Just nothing nothing to pinpoint, specifically.
0: Sure. We're all being real cagey. I'll, I'll at least let out that uh, uh, I think it's it's still held up for me. Kind of a refrain for watching these kind of movies from the 80s and 70s. I think uh, practical effects still hold up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was all great. It was part of the aesthetic of the movie, trying to be like a B-movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's definitely part of it, and it uh, still holds up, and is still funny for me. That's, that surprised me. Like I said, I'd seen it so many times when I was much younger. We're about uh, moving on to... Uh, anyone get anything else for entertainment? I've never guided the gauntlet before, so let me know if I'm yeah. fucking it up.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I do think the effects hold up. I do think the acting, especially with Keaton, holds up. Um, and whenever he's on screen, I'm highly entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, that character is just fucking nuts and fun.
0: Yep. So on to the uh, direction in the story. Um, any storytelling choices that that uh, jumped out to you guys?
3: Uh, I can jump in here because I think it is a fantastic story of like a, a great ghost story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so out of left field with you know, kind of how you feel like it might would happen if you're, you know not not into the whole heaven and hell thing as much where it's just like you're dead now you're a spirit here though so like what do you do and it's yeah. just like I don't know there's no directions yeah. Yeah. until there's, you find directions
0: there's great humor and great uh, some some great emotion in the practicality of that yeah like considering like what would that be like what would you guys what yeah. would you do it's you just get, super clever That's yeah like, and like uh, Adam tells Barbara you got cabin fever cause they're like stuck in an attic for like Yeah. you know they don't know how long
1: but yeah, and the the, the bureaucrat—I forget who the woman is. Juno. Um, yeah, she <laughs> she's like, I thought you'd been studying this book. Like, it's been <laughs> three months. Like, how have you not been studying this? And it's like, well, because they don't know what to do, right?
0: And I guess something that surprised me—I guess for the uh, storytelling choice—is I always kind of forget if you tell me like I'm going to watch Beetlejuice, I'm thinking about Beetlejuice. I forget about the whole uh, framework story of the Maitlands. Yeah. I think like you know Lydia and the Dietzes are gonna be in it and you know Beetlejuice, but I forgot them and uh, I love the, the emotion of those two. <clears throat> and and kinda of, how earnest they are. Yeah. Kind
1: of piggybacking off of that, I feel like it juggles a lot of storylines really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you
1: have the Maitlands dealing with their death and how to function in this like limbo afterworld. Them, you know, deciding like trying to kick the Dietzes out of the house. Lydia and her relationship with the Dietzes versus her relationship with uh, the Maitlands. You know, the Dietzes have their own problems when they're trying to move in, modernize, with even, you know, the Jeffrey Jones character, you know, saving his one office and having some, like, big meeting happening later. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the nosy uncle, Otho, who's uncle or whoever he is. Art dealer, maybe? A friend? Yeah, just art yeah. friend. Yeah. Who's like, by the end of the movie, like, clearly living there, too. Yeah, like, It shows as, up
2: in every scene. And he's, like,
1: in a kimono, and they're, like, <laughs> yeah. drinking coffee in the morning. It was just, like, he's camped out. like, <clears throat> And so, I, you know, and it handles all of that, I think, really well. You don't feel like it's too fast or that there's something being left out of any one of the stories. I mean, the deets is with his, like, you know, him being on a call with the big uh, real estate guys. A little throwaway. But you
0: know, I think you get little little uh not grace notes but people get little um, little parts of the show every now and then, like it feels even kind of like Charles is not a great greatly uh, mm-hmm. emotional or interesting character, Charles Dietz, mm-hmm. but he does get like a kind of a funny scene when he's thinking, he does his thing with the birds. And he's like got like yeah. the, the bird watching thing. Yeah. And and gets uh jumped up on him by Lydia or surprises him. After he like, sees I'm trying to relax. Yeah.
1: <laughs> After like seeing like a vulture eating
2: some like carrion.
0: He's like, ooh. It's just a great like nonverbal Ew.
2: I liked a lot of these interactions that Chris was just talking about. The only one that I've thought was a little underdeveloped was Lydia and her parents. Was I would have liked to have seen a little more to get me to where she got emotionally in the movie where she was ready to join the dead and I didn't I I was I felt like I was just more told that she was at that point than seeing her get to that I mean, point it's, it's, I, it's, it's a choice I think yeah. it's because I, she, she, she's not
1: actually at that point right. I think because she's like going through a phase and it's just like a gothic preteen who life is hell everything is terrible yeah. I read you know cliff notes on Nietzsche and now I'm an existentialist right. with like jet black hair who wears a veil like that's all a facade yeah, um but that's just the amount of time we have with that character. Right. It you know, that's the movie's only
2: an hour and 34 minutes. I actually yeah. it's the rare movie where I would have been totally fine if they just added a little more and made it an hour and 40 or whatever and just added a little more to that dynamic because I really liked Lydia with the Maitland's and I liked the Maitland's with the inter- their interactions with the uh the family, the Dietz mm-hmm. family. Deets family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh it's just that the, I would have liked to have seen more Dietz's in isolation. Because I felt like Otho was always there. Yeah. And, you know, somebody was coming to meet with them for this or that. And so right. I would have liked just a little more of, of just the family to get a feel for that dynamic. I yeah. kind of
3: feel like that's maybe part of it, though, is that they are they are always doing something. Yeah. And that's why is so annoyed with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like I needed to see more of that relationship with her parents because the parents were introduced so annoyingly. Yeah, you get great you kinda, you're and you're just, just like, like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like I understand if you don't like them.
0: The shorthand of them moving in with all of their furniture and how they treat like the people and how the moving people treat them is like your kind of crash course. Yeah. It's like these aren't good people.
1: Yeah, and they're emotion they're all
2: emotionally uncommitted to each other.
0: And they're self involved. Yeah. I love
2: that moving guy with the sculpture. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it just <tosses> a <laughs>
2: like This is my sculpture. I don't just mean that I own it. I made this. <laughs> it's just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just like rattles across the top of like a mirror. It's great. Um, moving on. Does the uh, end complete any goals established in the beginning? Did you guess, did you guys see any clear goals that were set up?
2: Well, yeah. The goal is for the Maitlands to figure out how to how to exist mm-hmm. in this afterlife, and I think it it succeeds because mm-hmm. they find it's not the thing. It's not the end they were looking for at the beginning, but it's the it's the end that's best for them when they. You know, basically help raise Lydia. Yeah, which is kind of cool.
1: They take the part that the Dietzes don't want about raising a child,
2: <laughs> caring about her grades and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because
1: there's that line, and it's just—it's a very short. It's when the nosy neighbor comes by to pressure them to sell before they have the car accident, where um, they, where the woman says like, "Oh, but this house is too big for you," and. There's like just a very short note, that, like oh, they they've tried to have children before and they can't yeah, for some reason. I get that about Gina, it.
2: Gina Davis' character says at the beginning also she says something to the she says something to the effect of we could try again on this next vacation, right? And so mm-hmm. it tells you know that tells you that they're they're trying to have a family. So
1: mm-hmm. if that's the goal, then yeah, yeah. Now they've got their their kid who they could never have. Um, based on talk about her
3: yeah. schoolwork
0: with and yeah. all that. Kind yeah. Of- yeah. Just broadly, I think the, the goal that they set up is uh, finding acceptance, <laughs> like dealing with change. I think there's a great dynamic of the Dietzes are obviously like 80s yuppies, and the Maitlands are like the 1950s, uh, like uh, leave it to Beaver family, but mm-hmm. they don't have a Beaver. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But it's like it's a generation shock. And it's, you know, the biggest shock they have is they're dead. How do they deal with it? And they kind of go through, like, the stages of their own stages of grief. Yeah. You know, denial, anger, bargaining, all that stuff. It was more complex when I was uh, kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think it has uh, compelling characters? And do they develop those characters? Uh, I
2: would say yes for the mate ones and... Mm. and uh... Lydia, more so. I think everything else is more for comic effect and to influence these main characters. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think, yeah. It's, I think you hit it on the head. Those characters are three dimensional, but Beetlejuice as a character is like gloriously one dimensional. Yeah. And I love that one dimension. Yes. He <laughs> he's he's compelling without having an arc at all. It's yeah, like I mean, they do moon.
3: throw in his whole like. It is it is something about the movie that every time I've watched it, every time I sit down to watch it, every time I appears on TV I'm, I don't know if I can answer a question I'm like so why is he the bad guy like what is he trying to do I'm like I don't really remember <laughs> and then I watch the movie and I'm like oh yeah 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 I remember. yeah like he's just trying to wreak havoc kind of yeah, yeah on, on earth
2: mm-hmm. what's uh, his goal to be like freed or something he just wants from... to
3: if he marries her he wants to be on earth so he can just
2: do crazy shit to people mm-hmm. he's just crazy he's the joker what's yeah. his like personality is it like chaotic neutral is that him <laughs> or whatever
0: Right. Would it be chaotic neutral? He's, He's chaotic, not necessarily evil. evil. Well, yeah, because he, he still abides
1: by the, the laws of his universe. Sure. Um, you know, he actually does, at, at the end, I, I always forget because, like, at the end he does save the Maitlands. Like, he makes a deal with Lydia, you marry me, and I will save the Maitlands. Yeah, true. And he does. He, he saves them. He holds up his end of the deal. And, you know, it's it's really like Lydia and the Maitlands who kind of go back on it but Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, Chaotic neutral, sure sure (laughs) the D&D alignment (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: does the movie have one scene or more that stands out to you to be memorable I think this is a good one for that
2: Uh, the shrimp cocktail dinner party yeah Dayo
0: is a is, it's a classic
2: yeah it's for me it's the two Harry Belafonte numbers it's the yes. it's that one and the end and yeah
0: j- jump in the line
2: yep. yeah the dinner scene is
3: just absolutely fantastic yeah yeah it makes me laugh hard every it so is, it's great acting from the the group at the table yeah <laughs> Catherine O'Hara is
2: so good yeah, she's like stunned that she's making that noise with the yeah. day, like
0: still smiling, but it's like you know she's like the, not understanding. The
2: only one that's really not good is the, and he's probably wondering what the hell he signed up for is Dick Cabot. <laughs> yeah, Dick Cabot. How did he there? fucking wind up in this movie? Is probably what he's wondering at that moment while they're filming. It is
0: such a weird. I just, can just like I can't even imagine seeing that in a the theater for the very first time. I think it's so bizarre. That that isn't a movie that made millions and millions of dollars. And
2: it's like seeing like, uh, I don't know, who's someone who's just limited, who's so limited to, it'd be like, I don't know, but Steve, like nowadays all the talk show hosts have backgrounds in mm-hmm. um, sketch comedy or appearing on screen in, in something like this. I'm trying to think of what the modern day, of what the present day equivalent would be. Like Alex Trebek. <laughs> yeah. Like seeing Alex Trebek in that scene, would that's <laughs> so strange.
0: And it would be from 20 years ago, so they're playing, like, I don't know, Chumbawamba. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I have a couple other scenes that I really like from it. Um, just, just ones that when I started I was looking forward to. Uh, the one is when they're in the office, uh, uh, in the... Uh...
0: Every time. Every time.
3: He's fine. If I pet him, I'll be quiet. <laughs> it's
1: the weirdest dog. Okay. <laughs> um... The scene where they're in the office talking to Juno, the Maitland are right before they get their spooky faces. Yes, the football team in there makes me <laughs> laugh out loud every time. It's and then weird. after they they she dismisses them, uh, the one guy comes back and goes, "Coach, I don't think we made it to the game." <laughs> uh, I, I love that, um, and uh, it it wasn't until I watched it this time that I realized that when. The Maitlands are upstairs uh, trying to wake up uh, Catherine O'Hara. Lydia's downstairs and thinks that her parents are having sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they they come down, she's like, you know, uh, like, oh, she won't wake up. She's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. Like, definitely a line that I missed when I was younger.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um,
1: But, yeah, some, some good... Uh, good, good humor in both of those mm-hmm. that I really appreciate. And I'll echo. I just around.
0: I love the imagination and the production design of the uh, wait waiting room. Mm-hmm. It's great. All the little examples of the people who uh, who died and the way they die is the way they're just going to appear like that.
1: Yeah, the magician's assistant who's <laughs> yeah. cut in half. <laughs> the the, uh, the quarter main type who's yep. had his head shrunk by the shaman.
0: Yep, you got like the diver who's got the shark. You got the uh, the the man with who was burned by the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. forgot about that part. Yeah. The whole
3: scene is, is, I can see where I would like be infatuated with that scene mm. when that movie came out. Yeah. we was kind of panning around the reception area. And I also didn't notice until this time that, uh, you know,
1: obviously the, the cigarette smoking and the raspy voice out of Juno, but that there's a visible cut across her neck that smoke is coming out of. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. As she's smoking a cigarette from probably having throat cancer.
0: Yep. Uh, other, other scene I'm going to say is uh, <clears throat> I just really love Beetlejuice kind of interviewing for the Maitlands when he's in the model town. Mm-hmm. But really you could just replace this with like any scene with Beetlejuice is the scene I was looking forward to. Yeah. But I love when he just like, you know, gives his credentials like... I was, was just about to bring that <clears throat> up. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> well, I attended <didn't> so, Juilliard, <laughs> graduate of Harvard Business School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was around for the Black Plague. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, like, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it gets funnier at <laughs> the same time I watch it. Yeah. And I
1: love that it, it almost ends with him, like, jumping on Alcald's back going, Hey, look at you, look at me. We shop at the same store. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, going on from that, any uh, themes that y'all appreciated in the movie?
2: I think you already hit on the, the big one, which is change and acceptance and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I uh, I kind of read a little bit more about this afterwards. Is the I also like the celebration of uh, kind of unconventionalism in the movie, like blowing up the nuclear family. There's like a blended family for Lydia is like the perfect uh, the perfect setup for them. And um, it's kind of one of the first movies I can ever remember in the timeline that had like a goth character that was like a had like speaking lines. And all the characters are kind of just celebrated for their otherness rather than, like, I I think you said uh, it was a phase for Lydia. I don't know if it's a phase as much as she just knows how to uh, maintain or normalize a little bit. And then at home, like, she, you know, dances to ghosty Calypso music with her, you know, (laughs) crazy unconventional family. Yeah. And the movie just celebrates weirdness. It's kind of a Tim Burton thing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Which is weird, considering that this is basically like his second, like big outing after Pee-wee. It's this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who does knew he... that this
2: would establish a fucking tone for the so, rest of his uh, movies forever? Uh, I don't, I don't know his movies that well. Does, uh, does he normally write his movies? Because no. he did not write mm-hmm. this. So
0: he... I don't, I don't think he's written. I think he's written one of his movies.
2: He wrote Edward Scissorhands.
3: He wrote The Nightmare Before Christmas. He wrote Mars Attacks. He wrote Corpse Bride. He
2: wrote Frank and Weenie. Okay, so a handful.
0: Yeah, and some okay. of those he didn't direct. Yeah, didn't
3: direct Nightmare. He directed Frank and Winnie, Corpse Bride, Mars Attacks, and did not direct Nightmare. And he directed Up with his Right. So four of the five he wrote he directed. It's, okay. well, I think funny? he
0: has co-writers for all those two. East. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not yeah.
1: Gonna, I'm not going to take it away from him because right. he got a co-writer. No, I know. Yeah. I did. I did read a little bit about the the script writing process for this, which is kind of funny. Is. Uh, We'll get to this, or we'll cut it out. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> that I guess Tim Burton had become a commodity after Pee-wee. They're like, we can get, like, we can use him as a big money director, and they kept sending him scripts, and he kept being bored by them, and wanted originality. And then finally, the original script of Beetlejuice crossed his desk, and he said, "Absolutely, I want to do this movie." But that original script of Beetlejuice included Beetlejuice being a demon who possessed, who like roamed the earth raping people and murdering people <laughs> nice and I saw some of that yeah and just like this super dark script where like you know the line that Gene Davis has like my arm feels cold where like when the car crashes it's a really grisly death scene in the original script uh, but you know studios got a hold of this and went you gotta tone that shit down <laughs> uh, we're gonna market this to everybody and not just yeah. yeah
0: kind of feel like it went from a horror movie to like a uh, just paranormal comedy yeah I know one here, but any performances stand out to you guys? Um, yeah,
3: I mean, I think it's some of Michael Keaton's best work. It's, it's hard because it's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Such a eclectic character, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's still great.
0: Yep. And, uh, you know, I said last week about uh, Michael Keaton's kind of like in a Hannibal Lecter-style performance. He's only in 17 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And, you know, dominates it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He is what you think of. Also, I mean anything Catherine O'Hara does, I'm a big fan of hers. And I thought she was great. was mm-hmm. kind of the, a, a
2: villainish person for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I think I like went on a ride her best in this movie. She was, uh, she was really good. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I found her really likable as Lydia.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like the precocious kind of Wednesday Adams style character, but really sold like the dry. You know, humor of like the we'll build you a dark room. It's like every room is a dark room to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel like it, it would be easy in a comedy to lose the, I don't know, the human quality of that character mm-hmm. a bit, and and just be so much of a caricature. But I feel like she brings it back a little bit, and and it does a really good job with it. Yeah,
0: mm. movie does a good job. She still gets like, even though she's so jaded and cynical, she still got gets like scared. You know, when the, the Beetlejuice snake is there and kind of lashes out at the Maitlands? It's mm-hmm. like, sh- she's still human.
1: I, s- I still love her writing her suicide note. <laughs> yeah. Just like, every time she, she gets to his end, just punching it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, utterly alone. It's yeah. <laughs> a great edit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, like, uh, he's kind of hit or miss in some scenes, but Otho is kind of funny. Or ortho Glenn Shaddix. Yeah. I don't remember... I can't, I always thought that was like jo, uh, Jonathan Winters. I can't remember <laughs> any, like any other movie that Glenn Shaddix has been in. Can you guys recall any? Mm-mm. I'm sure he's like... For some that reason guy I thought the he 80s. was
2: in Pee-wee, the Peewee movie, but maybe not. Uh,
0: maybe, I don't know. He's, he's pretty funny. He's got some nice ride delivery, especially when him and uh, Delia are going through the house for the first time and getting spooked like uh, they open the closet like ah
2: yeah they're just spooked by the decor it's
0: like, just like let's hope the other closets are bigger than yeah. this one <laughs> uh,
3: Shaddix is not in um Wee Herman but he is in um, The Night Before Christmas he's the voice of the mayor
0: yeah. of
3: Halloween Town cool and uh, he's in Planet of the Apes too he's been in a few things he's in Multiplicity he's the building inspector I can picture him there now cool, cool. Yep. and Keith's got along yeah. It does a bunch of voice work with Space Jam. A bunch of big movie uh, voice work.
0: Look cool. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, we ask if there are any award-worthy, memorable, or classic performances here. I would put the Beetlejuice uh, performance up in that category. I'm surprised it didn't get, like, a Golden Globe for, like, comic comedic. actor or mm-hmm. something. But it didn't.
3: No. It, uh, it got some award love, though, didn't it?
0: Yeah, like the Saturn Awards, I think.
3: Yeah, and it, it was nominated for an
1: Oscar.
0: It won it, won an Oscar for yeah. makeup.
3: Yeah,
0: and we can um, the makeup was really good. Yeah, nice nice transition We're talking about the technical stuff. We can talk first about the uh, you know the makeup is incredible in the movie. Yeah, and it's still like uh, still kind of creepy looking, especially Beetlejuice's face to me. Mm-hmm. Like how they have the like the green on his face.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's not Keaton like it doesn't yeah yeah doesn't feel like michael keaton
0: and what about the visual effects these are kind of like it's it's i think it's a personal thing because it's so yeah. like trying to be a B movie yeah
2: they're they're clearly like bad but they're good for bad they're like good yeah. b- good bad it's a weird description Yeah. but they're trying to be bad and so they're better than the they're better than B movie mm-hmm. visual effects the scenes on
1: jupiter with the sandworms
2: are like they're
3: rough. Right. right. Like, they're intentionally rough. Right?
1: Yeah. Like I feel Almost like you might do it the
2: same way today. It's mm-hmm. like the
3: stop motion Wes Anderson stuff kind of. Like, yeah. Not as fluid as it could be, but that's not what they're going for. That's not what they're going for. Right. Sure. So I mean, it's <coughs> one of those things where I can definitely see somebody being, like, not offended by it, but put off by it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's neat because it's different. Mm.
0: Yeah. I also love the, the creature effects. And I think I had we had these action figures, but the Maitlands, when they have the... Like the the hand and like the extended mouth and yeah. like the, the thing like that, I thought it was a nice little. It's a B movie version, but a fun transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of creepy looking, but on the like on the kind of like adorable side of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, I thought the costumes are really good, really iconic. Um, <laughs> Especially Beetlejuice, like the black and white one, is pretty iconic. But he's only really in that at the very end. Yeah, you know he's got his taxicab one. He's got some other uh, other costumes he, he's in.
1: Yeah, I love. I do love the uh, the red tuxedo
3: and the red wedding dress of him mm-hmm. and Lydia at the end. Yeah, I love the the costume too of just the real world people. They portray
0: that family really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great shorthand for character, especially like uh, uh, Delia Dietz. Mm-hmm. Is her name Delia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I've said it a bunch of times. I was wondering if I just wanted chicken sausage. <laughs> um, like, she she wears a glove for a headband at one point. Yeah. It's just like so perfectly, <laughs> yeah. you know, this was like a New York art person, <laughs>
3: Yeah. And all the shit in their house, they, the production design, I thought was really good inside yeah. their house. The, the transformation of that house from, like, rustic cabin to... Super modern was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Replace all, like, the wood and
1: the wallpaper with, like, marble and yeah. stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything's got this, like, weird sheen to it where it looks, mm-hmm. like, rough but shiny. Yeah. <laughs> this weird gray. And I, I love the production design of all the, like, afterlife stuff, too. Yeah, Like I said, the, the waiting room is just so fun. It's mm-hmm. like all the, what would this version of bureaucracy look like? And you got, like, the uh, guy running the forms, like, he's flattened by a truck and he's yeah. just, like... There's obviously clotheslines that go through the go through the buildings. Right, that's just a thing that's there. Yeah, I think it's it's all uh, really well considered and very imaginative. Only um, other thing I can think that would be um, the big thing in this movie is uh, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Elfman and Burton are always uh, big, and movie starts off with such a Tim Burton font for all the credits mm. and such a Danny Elfman score.
2: Yeah, it's very. I don't know. I guess it goes back to Bouncy at the beginning of the movie. Like, I just, you, you feel... It's go boingo. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, yeah, that song pressed itself into my memory because of the
1: Beetlejuice cartoon. Because that's what the, the theme song of the cartoon was.
0: Yeah, it's the old Matrix question. If we have to consider revolutions in the mirror of the Matrix, it's like, but we get the Beetlejuice animated TV show for this one. Um... Yep, okay, how about a pinnacle question? We always have a fun time with this.
2: And I, last week, finally thought... Well, go ahead, Go ahead, ask the question, then I'll give my example. Gotcha. I finally found the right example <laughs> for.
0: Uh, of those involved in the film, is this anyone's number one achievement? And uh, where would it stand for some of the primary artists?
2: And I'd, I'd always been trying to find a, a way to express that, like... That doesn't necessarily mean best film they were in. Yes. Because I think the best film that Michael Shannon has been in is... Probably Groundhog Day, where he plays the, the excited young, half the excited young couple that are that are happy to go run away together. Sure. Um, that is in no way the best Michael Shannon movie. If somebody's like, I want to go see a good, I want to go see Michael Shannon. I've like heard Michael Sh- Shannon, I want more of I've, him. <laughs> I've heard somebody say he's great. Yeah. I've never seen a movie of his. What should I go see? Don't, Groundhog Day would be the worst thing to just like,
0: yeah,
2: to pick. Well, maybe not the worst, because they'd still enjoy it. But, you know, it's... So that's the that's the example. So I'm think more about the actual work they did within this movie when answering this question. Sure. So
0: well, then, talking about actors first, uh, forefront of my mind is Keaton. Where do you put this in the Keaton canon? The Keaton verse is pretty stacked. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, you got. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Night Shift, but he's good in Night Shift, Mr. Mom, Multiplicity. I ride for that movie. Uh, I love Multiplicity. It's Batman, good. Birdman, Spotlight.
3: It's it's an easy top five for me. Yes,
0: yeah,
1: but I can't see Beetlejuice, the 17 minutes of that dethroning all the great work he did in
3: Birdman. Birdman's also an easy number one for me. Mm-hmm. As somebody who's not a fan of the, not a big fan of the early Batman movies. Um, I mean, they're they're great and their places, mm-hmm. deserved and earned and all that. It's not mm-hmm. my thing, really.
2: I still maybe wonder if I need to watch Beetlejuice more, um, but for me, it's fairly low for Keaton. Just because I feel like I like Beetlejuice in spite of the character Beetlejuice.
3: Fairly low in what way? Because he's been in like 80 movies. You think it's like...
2: No, well, not I mean, like... I'm, that's not, I'm asking. Yeah, like year. maybe outside my top 10, but probably within the top 15. Okay. So, low compared to y'all.
0: Yeah. He's probably my number one or number two. Um... Of these, of these movies,
2: yeah, it's it's hard to pick it.
0: Subjective. It's
2: hard to pick it for Catherine O'Hara because she doesn't have as, as much to do here as she does in mm-hmm. those uh, ensemble movies,
0: like the Christopher Guest yeah. movies and stuff. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, she's really good though.
3: Yeah,
0: it's probably my favorite Winona Ryder, and she's she's got a she's got a decent canon too. Yeah, Beetlejuice, Heather's she's great in that Yeah. Stranger, um, reality, things? Stranger Things, Reality Bites. John Malkovich. I'm a fan of Crucible, even though it's not. She did Apparently, it was herself. Oh.
2: No, uh, she's not yeah. actually in it.
0: Yeah, okay, Crucible, Age of Innocence, Little yeah. Women. You got, you know, she had a room.
2: It's, it's probably my favorite of hers. It's up there for her, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's in a movie called
0: Informas. <laughs> <laughs> Show Boom Boom now. Um, what about... Uh, Anything
3: else on Rider, Rider Die? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I she's it's up there for me. I'm not a huge fan of most of her work. So <laughs> yeah, my, my
0: top three
1: are probably Beetlejuice, uh, Edward Scissorhands, and uh, Heather's, and she plays essentially the same character in all three. Yeah. So that, probably, those would probably be my top. top that three. one
2: character I I really like. Yeah. If, if I had to eliminate Stranger Things, if we're just talking movies, right. oh, um at least we don't have to. But yeah, um, yeah. But again, I think I'm in the same boat as CJ. I just normally have never been as big a fan of her work. Yeah.
0: No, um, I always, always liked her. Even in like Mister Deeds, I, I, I kind of find her charming. Uh, what about uh, Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin?
3: I mean, I think after the the few obvious
2: choices for both them, it's right there. Honestly. Baldwin's character—he—he he doesn't really have a lot to do as an actor. Like he's his his—I yeah. like his character, but his—I feel like I could you could have cast lots of actors in that role and they would have been True. good because it was a well-written part.
0: Yeah, I um, do think Gina Davis is better and more important. To I do too. Movie. I would agree,
2: and, and I think it's also higher on her because she doesn't have as many good movies as Alec Baldwin. I mean, it's clearly it's, behind.
3: Um, League of Their Own and Thumb and Louise for me. Yeah, yeah. For
0: her. But. That's that's more to the quality of those, though. Uh, and maybe to the. I'm not going to put words in your guys' mouths. Probably have
3: Beetlejuice over Thumb and Louise in my like, ranking of every movie I've ever seen. But definitely. I mean, League of Their Own is one of my favorites. So. Yeah.
0: I think Thumb and Louise. I think Susan Sarandon kind of wins that maybe, Yeah, between the two of them.
1: Also, just I know we passed by Alec Baldwin, but like Jack Donaghy is his number one role. Yeah, that's true. If you're
0: thinking iconic Alec Baldwin, no one's really thinking of uh,
1: then Gary Glenn Ross. That's the clear five minutes. Yeah, Yeah. that that's like the the, the best dramatic performance, in my opinion. But other than that, his best character is Donaghy from Thirty Rock.
0: And then uh, comes to director, which is the most interesting part of this. Um, Where would you put this for Tim Burton movies? Mm -hmm. And do you, do you, in general, care about Tim Burton movies?
2: I will start by saying I am natural. I just I feel like Tim Burton, and I don't connect with his movies the way most people do, and I recognize that. So I sort of try to adjust my mm-hmm. opinions of his movies a little bit just because I'm aware that just something disconnects with me. But uh, I do think this is... Uh, One of his better movies. I'm not really going out on a limb by saying that Beetlejuice (laughs) is one of his better movies. Um, I'm trying to think of movies I like. I think maybe I like Big Fish a little bit more just because it's not as reliant on that Tim Burton aesthetic that maybe doesn't work for me as well. A lot more nakedly
0: emotional movie too.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh, I've only seen Edward Scissorhands once, but I loved it. And so I think that may have been the one that broke the... The disconnect for me, or that connected to me most. So yeah, but my favorite is Edward
3: Scissorhands. Yep. Big Fish is a, a hard two. Beetlejuice is a hard three. And then after that, I'm not a not a huge fan of a lot of his work. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. The, the good for me, the good's really good, and the bad is like really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen Ed Wood. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know it's like a huge critical thing. Yeah.
3: I get that, and, and and don't agree with it, so I'm kind of with you on it.
0: Yeah, Edward Scissorhands I love. I think I still like Beetlejuice more. Um, Bat- I, I recently watched Batman movies. I think Batman Returns deserves to be up here as another, like, it's an incredible uh, superhero movie. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he really set the genre back back on track, so that'd probably be in my top three. Uh, Pee-wee is also a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I love Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I wonder how
0: much you give that to Paul Rubens for for the movie rather than Tim Burton though right yeah. whereas yes, a lot a of question. the rest of them are like Tim Burton ass Tim Burton stuff
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah. the Planet of the Ape, Apes remake the original one that was real shitty yeah. bad. <laughs> the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ugh. Uh, Corpse Bride not a bad animated movie Corpse oh, I Bride. It, yeah. He, yeah. he kind of got the reins back that he you know lost a little on uh, Nightmare for Christmas mm-hmm. um, where he didn't officially direct
3: that but I was honestly a fan of Sweeney Todd. That's probably the only movie in recent, you know, past 15, 20 years that I thought was okay. That yeah. he did.
0: I rewatched it a couple months ago. Yeah, it's like a ten year anniversary, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Real a lot, lot better than seeing it in the theaters, and I was like, what is this? <laughs>
2: um,
0: Frankenweenie's all right. I, 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 I saw that. Um, there was a year
1: where it was like Frankenweenie, Hotel Transylvania. And some other animated movie about Paranorman? Dead Pin Paranorman were all nominated for, for best animated, <laughs> and so I watched all of them. Uh, Winnie's pretty good, but you know, it's
3: for me it's Censor it Hands at the top. Um, I'm, and I, I know I'm not like in the super minority here, but I'm a huge fan of Big Fish. So. I, I really love Big Fish.
0: Yeah, Me too. I own it. It's a clever,
3: it. clever story. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Hits you on the head a little bit with some of its themes, but that's fine. That's, yeah. It's a fairy tale. Like, right. That's what fairy tales do. Right. Um, but, you know, I love Edward Scissorhands, but it's it's not about the performances in that, which is why I think it's, you know, up there. Yeah. Uh, and, and why Beetlejuice makes it, but is lacking, because it's all about the individuals and less about, like, the the total movie.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know if that makes sense.
0: It does. I get it. Yep. And this this part is subjective for people. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I feel like Brent, your your
2: description of Tim Burton would be
1: he's a little much.
2: Yeah, for <laughs> me, and and I and I also he's the only director though that I I really hold back a little on, like just because like I'm I'm aware that he that some people are just over the top in love with his movies and I get it and I can see why. And I understand that it's just not for me. It's a difference between me just saying his movies are bad. Like I can recognize that they may not be bad except for Planet of the Apes is bad.
0: (laughs) Maybe maybe like the Kevin Smith thing for me. It's like... Possibly. They're they're fun. I understand some people love those movies. I think that's a pretty
3: common stance for Tim Burton, honestly. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think there are a ton of people who are just like in every movie especially now when he's done these like Alice in Wonderland movies like I don't know a ton of people that like freak out over those and like like they do with Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino or anybody. I don't think I think he's just a real famous director who did something that was not done a lot and and a lot of people assume that he has this like huge following where people just freak out over everything he
2: does. How important a director do you think he is? Like a, it, probably not a top twenty all time director, but a. Top fifty? Is he one of the fifty most important directors? I think so for sure. I mean, he he does new stuff, and he did new stuff, a lot of it, right? uh, It's
0: it's one thing to be like the uh, you know coming out with new stuff every year and have like a longevity of his career, but if you talk about like uh, it's like like Hall of Fame like baseball or something like that, like his highs were like there's a five year stretch there that's like some of the most successful of any director.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Beetlejuice to Ed Wood. (laughs) In addition, like,
0: executing vision, Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. for, like, original stuff people hadn't seen before.
1: I do like that at some point in his career, if you took all the movies that Johnny Depp uh, was in, and all the movies that Tim Burton directed, and all the movies where Danny Elfman, like, made the score, there would be this, like, clear blur for most people where they would just assume that, like, yeah, Danny, like Danny Elfman wrote the score, and Tim Burton directed, and Johnny Depp was in it. You know, like Mordecai, where like Tim Burton had nothing to do with Mordecai, but that looks like a Tim Burton ass movie.
3: Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, and I mean, I do think he did a lot for kind of bringing in this super weird, almost like indie, colorful filmmaking, and made it mm-hmm. kind of popular, and show studios that you can make a shit ton of money making these weird little movies. Yeah. Wes Anderson, but on the black side of gray instead of white.
0: And pre-Wes Anderson, <laughs> yeah. these unique, uh, imaginative, kind of macabre things.
3: Yeah. And I, and I will throw this in, too, is that uh, we, you know, we talk about Batman and, and Edward Scissorhands and Big Fish and all these huge money makers. I mean, Alice in Wonderland is one of the most successful movies of all time, um, Beetlejuice Juice is the one AFI picked to put on their 100 greatest comedies of all time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a a large institution that does this a lot said it was one of the best they ever made. What that's they that's something.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> well, moving on to the American financial institution. <laughs> uh, talking about like if the movie was successful in its in its time, um, it was the number ten most successful movie for 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, still weird looking back that Rain Man was number one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big names at the top. I get, yeah, I got yeah. the list. It's it's Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Big, Twins, Crocodile Dundee 2, then Die Hard,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, Cocktail, and Beetlejuice. not gotcha. yeah, the top ten.
0: But it was, uh, and it was number one for four weeks in a row, and it debuted on uh, April Fool's Day. That was <laughs> the, the day it debuted. It was number one for four weeks. It was April. Yep. And, uh and uh, <clears throat> it cost $15 million for that budget and made $74 million. Um, I checked box office mojo and I said inflation would put that at $164 million. Cool. Pretty yeah. good. Solid Pretty hit. Nice.
3: It, it, Almost as good as his next movie. $35 million made $411 million. It Batman?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one-two punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Launching his uh, blank check period.
3: <laughs> Followed by Edward Scissorhands, which just did better
0: yeah but it was uh, it was successful um, and it definitely connected with audiences it and it also begat a animated show mm-hmm. which I, I hold in high esteem I remember watching it when I was a kid yeah
1: um, Lydia Dietz with her <coughs> with her red like spider web the spider cloak. dress yep yeah um, 89
0: to 91 I think it was fun so um I don't know it was successful it was pretty Interesting that something this bizarre was successful, but hey, it's the 80s.
3: (laughs) It happened. Did y'all know Tim Burton worked as an animator on Fox and the Hound and Tron? Because I did not know that. Mm -hmm. He used to be.
0: I knew he was a Disney animator. Yeah. Because the first
3: thing was the Lord of the Rings, the old, like, hand-drawn Lord of the Rings cartoons. (laughs) The
1: only reason why I knew that is because he pitched the script for Nightmare Before Christmas while he was an animator at Disney, and they basically told him to get fucked. Yeah. And they let him go shortly after. Um, and uh, Frankenweenie ended up being the first time that Disney uh, took a chance on Tim Burton again since they basically fired him for having all Wasn't these that an old dark short? thoughts.
3: Frankenweenie, am I making that up?
0: Yeah, short in like the I think the late seventies or early eighties. Okay. it's like that's part of how he got Pee-wee. Okay, because like that was like a calling card thing. Cool, mm-hmm.
1: but uh. But yeah, so so Nightmare Before Christmas is still kind of loosely in Disney, right? Uh, it's it's affiliated because it was it was their script. Once he pitched it to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see some like Jack Skellington shit with Disney, and it's a very tenuous connection, but it's in.
0: Mm-hmm. So this one I struggled with uh, our pillar of how important is it to film history? It's it's a definitely a unique movie, and if you don't consider further Tim Burton movies. What influence does cinema feel?
3: Not considering future Tim Burton movies feels like a weird place to take it, just because it was the first of like a what we decided as an influential director. You know what I mean? Oh, sure.
2: Yeah, so. I feel like it's important as part of that mosaic of Burton movies, like just that aesthetic that he helped set that mm-hmm. other other directors have gone for. Um, individually in isolation. I don't. I don't know. I think it. I think one thing it does interestingly is is it's is it has a fresh and you touched on this earlier a very, very fresh take on the afterlife, which mm. was unusual. And so yeah, I, you know, I think you saw a little bit of that with like uh, the next decade with like what dreams may come or something like that, where it's just like different takes on on the afterlife,
0: defending your life and stuff.
2: Yeah, the I think that was older, right?
0: Is that early '80s? What's that?
2: Defending Your Life. I don't know. Albert Brooks. That might be early '90s. Maybe I think it's like '91. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
3: I feel like in my head, I'm not sure I can voice it well, but I feel like I could always kind of draw a line from Tim Burton to Wes Anderson. Does anybody else feel that yes, way in I any feel way? That way, yeah. Uh, and so, in that way, I mean, this movie could have. Directly led to what might be one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah, because
0: one of the signature things of, uh, I think, Tim Burton for me is the meticulous production design. Right. It's in, like, everything. Um, You know, feeling like it's pulled out of his dream or whatever. And that's definitely, Wes Anderson has, like, the mundane version of that. But it's, like, geometrically perfect uh, setting for these characters to take place in. Right.
2: To what degree do you think this helped launch Michael Keaton? I know he had been around for a little while and he had made some made some movies, but I don't think I can't think of anything that was quite on this like
3: well, I mean, Because it hard. led to him getting yeah.
2: cast Bat- as Batman. Batman, that's
3: Yeah. But I mean it's the same director. I don't think I don't know if he gets that without this.
2: True. So yeah. it's you know what I mean? It's right. I just think of this as his no, first not the, the first of his iconic roles.
3: I just don't think you know who it is enough. Like, I don't think it's super iconic because I don't think people are like. I don't think people think. There were people who saw both movies who probably didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Beetlejuice. Right. Because they oh. don't look alike.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Franklin deposited the dead reindeer at my feet.
0: The first look on your face was, was a look of, like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. My body makes this sound. And then it was surprise. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I just mentioned the, uh, like, obviously it influenced Tim Burton thing because, uh, just thinking, trying to think outside of that, because, of course, every director's movie is going to influence, like, their next movie. Like, well, what, I what mean, they can do. I right? mean, since I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the most important pieces is the whole Tim Burton effect.
3: Right, and the, yeah, right. You get it.
0: <laughs> yep. And like I said, small things is just, like, something I'd have to guess on because I don't know what every filmmaker thinks. But uh, popularizing Gothic imagery again. I mm-hmm. hadn't really seen that for a while. like the German expressionism of like the tilted like w- windows and stuff. yeah. Um, I can't remember too many examples of that afterwards, but it was definitely out there for some stuff. And normalizing the, the Macabre and uh, kind of more so like I think it starts with like Ghostbusters and a lot of these paranormal comedies. And I think it continues with um, continues with this, and I think you can draw somewhat of a line from this style of movie to like I don't know, maybe like a Men in Black. Yeah. Where it's like effects, makeup-driven comedy, where it's Elfman. A lot I of the think. comedy is rooted in the bureaucracy yeah. of like, what if, you know, what um, if
3: this universe was a thing? Yeah, yeah, this
0: universe was a thing. And you have like no, a get fish that. out of water.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 kind of that. I don't want to call it an indie movie because I mean they spent fifty million dollars on it, which is a pretty good bit for the time. But uh, that like kind of weird movie that you didn't really see a lot of before the end of the eighties mm-hmm. that you see a ton of since then. Um,
0: really specific movies, yeah. The specific visions that you hadn't really in, seen before. In a genre I
3: love and look forward to when those movies come out, and I feel like a lot of that's owed a
0: burden. Mhm. And uh, this de- always depends how you slice it, but is it one of the best movies of its genre? And what genre would that be? Comedy
3: horror. Yeah, comedy. I mean, just a comedy. Like I said, yeah. I mean, not that I agree with the AFI list. I think they're generally a lot of bullshit mixed in there. But yeah, um, for a movie that I like that they put in the top hundred comedies of all time, I mean, that's about as broad as a genre as you can get. Mhm. I think it's it's up there. I mean, i it would definitely be in my top 100.
0: I think it's a great comic. It's, to, it's. I still thought it was funny. And I've, I've seen it a bunch. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 30 years old now. Yeah. 1988.
3: But yeah, Keaton kind of doing his Robin Williams should He heard a lot of that. Just yeah. like Super Fast Dog was really funny.
0: Was and like... there's little pieces of that that I forgot about. That he just, uh, you know, improvises large pieces of that. Like, uh, especially stuff on TV you miss where he's... You know he's does, doing his little shtick on the the model town, and after like the the Maitlands leave, he like kicks over the gravestone. It's like stupid fucking model. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he kicks like, he a tree.
1: Nice fucking model. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's good.
0: And then has the film aged uh, well? I think it, I think it has. I think, it think it that's
3: the beauty of using the effects the way they did. Is that they're yeah. not they were already aged kind of so yeah, not going to get out of date really.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And I have the most important question, uh, is it not the Great Wall? <laughs> I think this is one of the best cases for it being the Great Wall, defending your house from foreign invaders, <laughs> as the Maitlands <laughs> encounter the Te of the Dizzas. <laughs> <laughs> With my just cursory knowledge of them. <laughs> yes, I was to
2: say, you're starting to pick up on the terminology of the Great Wall. I'm
0: going to have to just see it eventually. Yes. <laughs> Well, and our homework luckily I have yeah, the homework coming up oh man and then uh, anything else
3: uh, no I just I think it's uh, um, one of my favorite movies ever it's this was the uh, probably the, the most the decision was made for me coming into a talk of fame submission I don't know just a movie I've seen a ton that I love
0: trying to get pissed. That's how I died? You could <laughs> just ask TJ to hand you that marker. Well, I was going to get more than one. Yeah. All right, so that's. Uh, we've asked the questions. Now it's time to vote on Beetlejuice. Take your Media Bias official ballot and cast it whether it gets in or. Gets denied a submission into the talk of fame. That won't pick Does up. Does your pen work?
1: <laughs> I don't know why we do secret ballots, necessarily. We don't have to crumple just them. Just annoy the person who has to roll. Yes. You yes. just hand them in a stack to the person.
0: the Ceremony is important. Okay. Put in your mouth, chew it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Topic of fame. First vote is Emma Stone, LaLand. La <laughs> aka a yes. Very humorous. Oscar joke. Oscar joke. Uh, second vote is a yes. So we got two. Two more. Two nos could kill it. <laughs> Ooh. Third vote is... Z. Z. Oh, an N. Is an N. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a line under it. And then, uh, I am utterly alone and not loving this film, but I'm jumping in the line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's a three to one.
2: Who, who's out?
0: That's a no, right?
3: No, that's N. N. Oh. I am.
0: That's really complicated but it's iz <laughs> no it's an in
3: with a Latin under it
0: yeah, that really which seems which like is, no which would be no <laughs> because the question is it in the talk of fame okay so is it in somebody, or
2: not in? somebody's chaotic no yeah <laughs> say it out loud chaotic evil over here
0: so I get, I it's, get, it's next one. I'm going to write out like W H Y. That's a Y for yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's an actual word.
0: I know it's not perfect. <laughs> so uh why are we doing this? Is what you're asking. Yes. Let us mercifully come to a close and welcome Beetlejuice into the talk of fame. I finally get a horror comedy in. <laughs> is it the uh, <laughs> the third
2: four o? But this is only your second nomination, right?
0: That's true. Other oh, that one was American Werewolf <laughs> yeah. in.
2: Okay. You, you, Finally, you, at the beginning, you're like they have voted mine down every time. Like, yes, one <laughs> one, one time. Technically, that is Canton Eye not true. So is it our
3: just our our third four O member yes. stripes and Home Alone? Yes, yes Was stripes 4-0? Yes, hmm. uh, I didn't read it out. That's
1: that's the fact, Jack. Who so <laughs> we've only had one
3: that's not not made it or two. I really
1: need to make it an American
2: werewolf. That's right. It. What's our homework, Brant? Oh, um, our homework is gonna survivor. Palau. Be... <laughs> Palau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did just finish Palau. Tom Westman won that season. It was really good.
0: Um. Okay. So uh, we'll take it from here. We'll watch it. Out.
2: So uh, yeah, I'm picking a. Uh, a movie to help me and David get further on our 2017 watch list. Oh, so you don't um, have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I was to say there's a chance that one of you saw this at some point. Although I haven't heard anybody talk about it, and I just want to make sure I get the title right because it's it's a, it's a little It's a little <laughs> yeah. I don't want to pull up DJ over here. Um, I know what I said. In a
1: minute.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's Hang called down. comedy dum dums. <laughs> Funnier if it doesn't exist.
2: So our topic next week is going to be when, um, <laughs> when actors who are typically seen in one type of genre go a different direction. So like when when comedy actors go for drama, or when um, I don't know, or vice versa when like Robert De Niro makes a comedy or oh, something like don't. that. Oh please don't, please don't. Um, like January plays a comedian.
0: Jack Palance did City Slickers. Like against type.
2: Right, against type. And so we are going to be watching Brawl in Cell Block 99. Oh, have Vince you seen Vaughn. It's <laughs> got good reviews. Vince Vaughn playing a, just a, like a prison badass in what is apparently supposed to be a really good movie.
0: Yeah, it's very good. It's
2: on Amazon <laughs> Prime.
0: It's uh, the director of Bone Tomahawk. You guys see that movie? I've
2: not seen Bone Tomahawk.
0: It was a brutally violent movie.
2: Well, sorry. <laughs>
0: Not, not that this is the same. Yeah. I, I heard the same stuff, but it's it's actually really good. I've, I've been curious about it.
2: Yeah. Same for me. I didn't... Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I just... I keep passing by, and I keep thinking, like, this is supposed to be good. I should watch this, and just can't bring myself to press play, so I'm just making all this press play together. <laughs> Fair. All right. Down. So, Vince. Taking of
1: one... Tell one, two,
2: three. <laughs> Wait, what? I was afraid I was gonna be, like... Yeah, just that, like, yeah. Attack... No, wait, what is Brawl? it? Brawl? Insult? So it's a terrible title. It's an awful <laughs> title for the movie. Brawl and... It's like that TV show they got canceled because What was that
3: TV show called this year? What? The Jeremy Piven TV show that's already gotten canceled. Mr. Selfridge? No.
0: That was oh, the
2: Wisdom do. of the Crowd. Yeah, fucking that. Fuck <laughs> that's worst name for him.
0: That's not even a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: nope. You know that common turn
0: of phrase, Wisdom of the Crowd. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's close it out. All right. Uh, so this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media bias. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook groups, and Facebook page. Links are in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Um, podcast topics or anything that's just going on, things that you can do to help us is subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, and uh, unmarked envelopes of cash work pretty well, too. Uh, I want to say thanks to Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. Thanks, so, Wallowalkers. I want to say thanks to Boo for providing the outro music. Booroo. And I want to say thanks to you guys for being here and doing this stuff. Thanks. Fun. Thanks. And thanks to Franklin for a special appearance. Thank you, Chris, too. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris is wearing an Edgar suit. sure
2: <laughs> <laughs> wearing a sheet
3: watching us <laughs> <laughs> he does that I by the way we'll literally catch where's
1: a sheet in the corner <laughs> 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 kicking rocks down old dusty roads small towns, slow pokes long time ago kicking out records
0: of all the things that I know all